Welcome to more than a few words of marketing conversation for business owners. This is your host, Lorraine Ball. One of the most important numbers in your business is your closing rate. You need to know when you're face-to-face with a potential customer how often you get a sale. And the better your closing rate is, the better your business. And that's why I've invited Bruce Shear here today. He works with industry giants and scale-ups to inspire their buyers and accelerate revenue growth. He's an award-winning consultant, author, keynote speaker, and the president of the National Speakers Association Northwest. You can find him at inspireyourbuyers.com. And when this conversation is over, I know you're going to want to go there. Bruce, welcome to the show. Thanks, Lorraine. Yeah, I'm delighted to be here. Thanks. I am so excited to have you. And I really loved some of the conversation we were having before I hit the record button, talking about how you improve your closing rate. And you had this alarming statistic on how few sales actually get closed. Let's start there. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a recent statistic. And my assumption is, especially in the technology world that I play in a lot, uh, it's even worse. But uh, just to break it down, you talked about deal close rate, and, and that's just such an important metric. If you look at 10 deals, literally one out of 10 deals, and if you're lucky, two out of 10 end up in closed one business. And uh, what happens with the rest? Well, about six of those deals end up in no deal. The customer doesn't even change. They just, you know, they they kicked lots of tires. Yours, your competitors, et cetera, decided, hey, it's not worth it. Status quo is going to win the day. And then one out of two end up being stolen from you from your competition. So uh, in the B2B world that I play in, it's just a powerful, uh, humbling (laughs) statistic. (laughs) Only one out of 10 deals uh, lows and, and you know, that's a big issue for many organizations. Well, it certainly is because depending on your business, there's a lot of effort that goes into that sales process. There's a lot of time, there's a lot of resources, and it is so frustrating to get to that final moment and figure out you're not going to close the sale. So how do I improve my win rate? How do I get more than my fair share of the deals? Oh, I'll tell you. Yeah, the unfair advantage. Well, you know, the typical strategies to improve improve those close rate are just a multitude. <laughs> one of the fastest one is to change the price. You know, hey, we're going to go into pricing, but but that, that hurts over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, or we're going to enhance the product or we're going to work on sales process. We're going to work on sales training, et cetera. There's lots of different strategies. One problem, though, that I see most often, Lorraine, that, that could be fixed uh, mo- most uh, quickest is what I call random acts. Mm, and okay. random acts, that would be random acts of selling conversations and then random acts of marketing content, content marketing. And those random acts, quite literally, if you could solve for that and, and get everybody on a better signal, you, you could seriously get a bump in that close rate. And, and hence, if you're a business owner, get a you know an immediate improvement in revenue growth, which is just the lifeblood of any business. Okay. You've got my attention. What do you mean? And particularly because I'm a marketer, what do you mean by random acts of marketing? Yeah, just uh, it'd be folks uh, kicking around, spitballing, hey, what should we throw out there today? 
you know, and, and there's a, a belief that, hey, you need to have utility in your content it needs to help the customer somehow. But, you know, gosh, I'll see content that doesn't relate to the product and solution <laughs> or relate to the differentiation. It's just content just flooding out the door. And uh, if, if folks could just, you know, get off that train and get more onto a central narrative one that works, one that's been tested, one that is what I'd call compelling, consistent, and finally catalyzing, gets the buyer to act, get out of that no decision mode and make the right choice with you. And you need your marketing content to really reinforce that. Again, compelling, consistent, catalyzing content, not random. Not random. Okay. So as I start to do this and you hit you said something kind of compelling kind of tied to your core message how do you work through what that should be so that you know where you go with your sales conversations or your content absolutely no thanks for asking yeah i, I think i'll quickly talk about some of the pitfalls and then i'll mm-hmm. get into you know uh, the better way i love that some of the pitfalls i see lorraine would be um Hey, let's just, uh, we, you know, I've heard executives say this. I hire rock star sellers. I hire rock star, you know, brand marketers, let them do their thing. And that's what we can do. That's a fast path to failure, in my opinion. In trust, you know, hey, we'll let our A players whip it up. And again, I call that the random acts problem. Mm -hmm. Secondly, hey, we'll get an internal person, see what they can do to whip up a new story for us. And what I see there is typically that happens. It's not adopted. Lots of time goes by and a time that no one can afford. And then uh, thirdly, hey, let's hire a brand agency. Mm. And, uh, you know, what, what I'll typically see there is, is a lovely little catchphrase, but it's devoid of narrative. It's devoid of story. And uh, so, th- so that's hurtful. So uh, the, the fast path, in my opinion, you know, is to uh, get a copy of my book. I, you know, I think we talked about that. It's called Inspire Your Buyers, Go to Market with a Story That Sizzles. And there's five key elements to make sure your story sizzles, that, that literally is going to inspire your buyers. First, first of those key elements, the first one is target the right buyers. You, you wouldn't believe, Lorraine, how often I see organizations build their narrative around people that don't buy, you know, the, the users of the product versus the decision makers. And I'm not going, hey, stop that. You know, let, let's really focus on the, on the right buyers here. You know, right organizations, right buyers. So that's, that's job one. Believe it or not, Lorraine, when I talk to big companies and I talk to executives, I get so many different definitions of what that really means. And it changes over time. You, you need to calibrate and recalibrate. So target the right buyer. Secondly, focus on the problem that they have. So I call that spotlight the problem, just like, you know, the analogy of a spotlight. Put the spotlight on their problem domain in a way that they haven't seen it before. That's super duper powerful that, you know, a lot of people call that insight selling, but literally show them something they didn't realize. How bad is it? How, how is it hurting them? Um, so spotlight the problem. That, that's kind of the second element. Third element, and this is very counterintuitive, but focus on the desired outcome. You know, it help them envision the desired outcome. What are we trying to achieve together? If that problem goes away, what's life on the beach look like? Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, so you're just 
playing with pain and pleasure and getting people to have a vision of that problem going away and, an, and, and a desired outcome, mm-hmm. that's really compelling. If you can nail those two things, mm-hmm. then and only then I recommend start, you know, digging into the solution. You know, and, and I call that showcase the solution, you know, mm-hmm. put it up on its showcase, help helping that buyer really understand how they're going to, you know, resolve that problem and achieve that desired outcome with the solution that, that should include what you have to offer as mm-hmm. well. And then uh, the fifth element, and this is uh, seriously not, not addressed by most organizations I serve, is what are the next steps? So you never just have one selling conversation in a B2B context. It, it, it becomes a series of conversations. So I say, you know, get your story that sizzles up front based on these five key elements, but the next steps uh, illustrates for the buyer, here's the journey we're going to go on where you're going to make a decision. And also after that decision for us to partner together, what are some of those four decisions that will need to take place in conversations to make sure you achieve full value, that you don't just become a customer, you, you're a raving fan and you stay a customer. What are those steps that we need to take together? So that's the five element model. Target the right buyers, uh, you know, really help spotlight that problem, envision the desired outcome, showcase the solution, and then prescribe next steps. You know, most sellers I talk to, they normally end a dialogue with a customer, you know, they ran out of time and they go, oh, what should we do next? Uh, Send me a proposal and then we'll talk later. And then there's a thousand watts of silence. That's a horrible place to be in. You know, you really want to get agreement, make sure there's enough time and prescribe what the next steps look like. Is that, you know, a proof of concept? Is that a reference point? You know, what do we need to do to make sure you're comfortable in moving forward? Absolutely. My old sales coach used to say that you really should start the conversation with the next step. And so as you sit down, he would always say, we're going to talk. You're going to have questions. I'm going to have questions. This is what's going to happen in this hour. And then when we're done, here's the decision we're going to make. And this will be the next step. Either we're done or we go forward. And so it takes a lot of the pressure away and it, it prevents, I think, some of that end of sale. But that idea that you need to outline for the buyer what's next is so critical. Yeah, it, it really is. That's one of the, the probably the biggest things. I mean, for, for I mean, it's all important what I laid out for you and, and most sellers don't follow no. it. You know, they show up and talk product first <laughs> versus last. Absolutely. One of my buddies talks about this. They'll lead with the product and when then that doesn't land right, then they'll try to talk about the desired outcome. And when, when that's not compelling, then they'll, they'll try to throw a Hail Mary to use a football analogy and go, but what about that problem? <laughs> you know, and, and, then, and then they run out of time and it's kind of a slip slide at the end. No next steps are agreed to. Lots of chasing occurs afterwards. Lots of wasted time. Oh, yes. Well, Bruce, speaking of time, we are out. I want to thank you for these uh, your insights. And I'm going to encourage anyone, if you are curious about how you put these five steps into action, you need to check out Bruce's book. There'll be a link to it, inspireyourbuyersbooks.com. Bruce, thanks for being a part of the show. Thank you, Lorraine. It's, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. Thank you. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, if you'd like to find other resources for your business, be sure to check out our digital toolbox. 
Look for more than a few words wherever you listen to podcasts. This has been another episode of More Than A Few Words. Thanks for listening.